This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast, episode 34. That's right. This is the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. A big weekend going on. Obviously, if you're a Mariners fan, you know this is the big Ichiro weekend. We have the Cleveland Guardians in the first place Cleveland Guardians of the Central Division in town right now. They already played game one. Yeah, they already snuck this shit on us. Uh, with a Thursday game, a game one Thursday game at one o'clock, and then they uh, they threw it on YouTube. So they were they were hiding this game as far as they could in the the depths of the internet. And uh, but the Mariners, you know, they they took care of business, winning three to one uh, at the time of this recording. We're about to start the thing, like I just mentioned. So we are just kind of breaking down a little bit of what happened this week. At uh, T-Mobile Park, the Mariners playing the Nationals and the Guardians. We're also talking about September call-ups. Yep, in a few days here, it's going to be September. And we're going to be able to bring up two players. We kind of talk and debate a bit about that. We talk a little bit about the hitting. And uh, yeah, we just generally talking some, you know, pennant fever, Mariners baseball just like everybody else, but better. We're doing it better. We're being more entertaining right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. That's why you are listening right now and downloading, subscribing, liking, and you know sharing this with other like-minded Mariners fans, telling them where the fuck it's at. Um, and you know, you're either listening to this on Spotify, Apple, or any of the other major podcast platforms, or maybe on Buzzsprout. And here's the thing about Buzzsprout. That's where I started this podcast. That's where I went. That's where we put in our flag and let it grow. We let it buzz up. No, I'm screwing that whole analogy up. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. It's uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to sell you on an idea. I'm trying to sell you on an idea that you should just get out there and get your message out there and start your podcast today. Fuck, you might even be able to do a better, way better Mariners podcast where you can actually enunciate things and. If that's what you're into, if this intro has inspired you, just scroll down the show notes, read the show notes, just to refresh what the hell I'm talking about. Or if you didn't understand what the hell you just listened to, go to the show notes and be like, what the fuck was he trying to say? At the very bottom of that, you will see a link that will take you to Buzzsprout and get you all signed up. And also, that'll unlock a $20 gift card from Amazon. I mean, you can live off of that for at least three or four months. So, you know, this is a better deal than I got when I signed up. And speaking of signing things, as I'm trying to get out of this painfully long intro to get you guys in the episode, Hannah and Edmonds blowing up my uh, text telling me to make sure to mention and give a shout out to our number 44, our center fielder, Julio Rodriguez, on his 14 year. That's right, 14 year extension that the Mariners just locked him up with. This is incredible. $210 million with the opportunity to earn $400 million. Yeah, this is a lot of money, but guess what? That sliding scale is a very uh, player-friendly, organization-friendly uh, contract. This is huge. It's pretty amazing having watched this guy up close in these spring trainings, being down on the field for batting practice once, gave everybody a ball, signed it. He's actually thrown me a ball. I was in San Diego, and, and it dropped, and I I swear for a couple of weeks I could still feel that sting on, on my thumb, and I still feel that sting in my heart from dropping it. It would have made a perfect day. Anyways, wow, $210 million, that's 
not the again, that's not the deal I'm getting here from Buzzsprout. Hey, Julio, you looking to invest that money right here? <laughs> we got it for you right here at the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Again, congratulations, Julio Rodriguez. Congratulations to Julio Rodriguez. Anyways, uh, again, check us out on the socials. If you have any questions, hit us up at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, house cleaning, promoting, just trying to sound a little bit professional. So right now, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy episode 34. That's right. This is the 34th installment of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. If you're the Mariners and you're in the middle of a, a race and you want to get fans out to the ballpark and keep everybody interested, especially when the team's kind of playing flat against, you know, teams that aren't your full of your house, full of your household names. You know, the best thing to do is, you know, promote next season's schedule, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it has worked in the past, but not this year with the Mariners playing so well and in the race. I know they probably do that just to get people that quit watching interested and give them some life, but can't they just wait until at least the regular season's over? I mean, that's kind of like the thing you would wait for. I feel like it would be of more of a use to, you know, dangle, like, let's say you finish the regular seasons and you're not in the postseason or you get knocked out really quick. Then you want the schedule, right? For next year. Yeah, I mean, like the NFL uses it as a way to promote next year and people get excited to see what teams are coming to their home home team and where they're all stacked up. But baseball just doesn't even make a big deal out of it. They just throw it out there in the middle of uh, the August tenant race. Yeah, I, d- I, just, I just feel like those are things, yeah, that you wait for in the offseason. NFL does a good job of it, right? They, they do it like what, you know, after the draft? Or somewhere around there? Or is it a little bit... Yeah, but it's in the off-season, so you get excited for it. Yeah, it's something else to talk about. I just found that weird. But you know what? There were some cool ones on there. I saw I saw a lot of fun uh, uh, you know, dates uh, outside of here. I guess we got to get our wives and per- girlfriends permission, but we definitely will be hitting some uh, road trips this next year, right? Absolutely. I mean... It's going to be nice that, you know, Marshall Gonzalez doesn't have to face the Rangers or Houston every other week again next year. I know that is that was one of the things that I was really excited about. And, you know, we got I saw Wrigley Field on there. We're still going to Boston. Uh, What does suck me living down here in Los Angeles? We're still not playing at Dodger Stadium this year. I mean, we didn't play at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, we didn't play at Dodger Stadium this year. We did play last year. I paid through the nose for a nosebleed seat, uh, but it was during when there was the COVID restrictions. It was not a good game. We lost. And then this year, we didn't play them at all. And I live very close to Dodger Stadium. Uh, I am a little bit bummed that they will have one less Anaheim trip down here. But uh, yeah, that'll be, I mean, it's cool that they do it. I just find it weird. It just, when they were talking about it in on uh, Wednesday's telecast, <laughs> all the Mariners couldn't hit and we were we eventually lost that game. It just felt like they were phoning in the season right there. It just had this weird vibe. I know that's not what they were meant to do, but it was just weird. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. Yeah, I mean, this homestand, um, the hits certainly haven't been coming in bunches. 
No, they they haven't been coming in bunches. They haven't bear. They've been barely coming in individuals. They had they, they, yeah. they they've yes they haven't been. What's what's uh, Scott Service say? Costco, Costco. If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Scott Service says, "Hey, baseball, you don't get wins in bulk like Costco." Is basically what I'm paraphrasing there. But guess what? Uh, you can get some Kirkland brand hits. You can get some hits in bulk. And right now, we're not doing that. We're not even getting a Costco pizza right now. We're we're, we're not even getting a slice. We're getting we're getting the sample size. It's like sample day when it comes to the hitting that can come in bulk. And that's what I want to see some fucking Kirkland brand action. Uh, you know, these last three games, even though they were against two different teams, I know we kind of had a really weird schedule here with uh, Washington in for two, uh, you know, night game, day game, two game series. We've seen that. What's very strange about this is it's followed by a four game series and game one at the time of this recording was today slash yesterday. It was a day game, so they back to back day games. That's pretty rare, right? Yeah, I don't remember the last time they've ever had a Thursday day game that I can remember, or a, or a day game to start a series, like you said. Yeah, I have seen day games on Thursdays. I've seen you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday three game series, but I have not seen a Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday getaway game, and then followed by a getaway game or get into town game or whatever. I mean, I feel like Cleveland probably just got into town and threw their shit in the hotel and ran over to the field. Yeah. Um, I guess it was done because they're having a concert across the street over at Lumen Fields and they didn't want to uh, have a bunch of people downtown, I guess. Yeah, the weekend. The weekend, the weekend on a weekday. Yeah, the weekend on the weekday, you know, and Mariners baseball to the fucking back seats. Or, uh, <laughs> but, you know, they got away with, I mean, they, 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 they scored enough runs today. They played some good defense and the pitching held it down and the Mariners won game one of this Cleveland series. Uh, what do you think about today's game? Well, luckily, you know, the way it started out with us getting a couple hits, from the top two guys in the order, uh, uh, Julio and uh, Winker. And then, luckily enough, uh, Hanniger popped a three-run shot, and he's been hitting really well, and he's been a lot of our offensive firepower here lately, it seems like. Oh. And then besides that, Marco pitched great, and oh, we got yeah. the win. Hanniger is our team MVP right now. He just came back and took his spot back as the team leader and MVP. You know, definitely somebody that doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. Um, and But I have to admit, my dyslexic ass today when I turned on the game at the start of the second inning, I thought it was 3-1 to one Cleveland already, and I was about to – I had this text ready to go for you. And all of a sudden, they were showing Hanniger's home, and I was like, oh, I read it wrong. Delete. <laughs> delete, delete text. What were you going to write? It doesn't matter. It never happened. Um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the three run shot, especially in the first inning. I'm not happy about them not putting piling anymore on today. We're just fortunate for our pitching. Um, I think it's a good win. Cleveland's the hottest team in baseball record wise since the all-star break. And you just came off a series against a much, much more inferior team that you split a series, but the numbers, uh, if you're just looking at the season numbers, it's not telling of how Washington has been. Uh, Washington split a series with us, but I think they swept a series in uh, San Diego. Yes, they did. But, I mean, uh, we played Washington. I know it's a split home and home, but we won three out of the four. So it's actually that we did win the series against them, I would say. Well, yeah, we, we split we – split. Oh yes, on the season series, yes, we took Correct, we took yeah. them on the season series. And if you know you're keeping track at home on the homestand, we're two and one on the homestand. We have three more games, and we're playing Cleveland again, uh, like the hottest team record wise, going into this series. They've taken over first place in 
their division. The Mariners, at the time of this recording, we are still holding down that third wild card spot. And then there's a three game cushion before we're not in a wild card position. But the interesting thing is if the playoffs started today, we would be playing the team we're playing right now, Cleveland, the Guardians, but we would be playing them in Cleveland in October, which, you know, weather could definitely, you know, be a factor. We see that at the beginning of the year. We haven't seen what the weather is like in October in a while. <laughs> so, The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. Now, you know, Cleveland being in here is one, yes, they are the hottest team record-wise in baseball since the second half. And as of right now, they are the AL Central uh, leaders. So they, they would be in the playoffs if we started right now. And the Mariners would be in the playoffs right now. We're holding down the third spot. Yeah, it's the third spot. We still have a three-game cushion, though, before, you know, we're looking through the uh, window, you know, looking at the ham on uh, Christmas Day, starving out in the streets like uh, Tiny Tim's family, you know. <laughs> but uh, And with Cleveland being the central uh, leaders and us being in the third spot, this means this would be a first-round uh, playoff the way they set up the playoff brackets now yeah we would be facing them them as the central division champion and with the third best record overall they would be playing us as the uh, third wild card position the last position and we would uh, have our three game series in a progressive field jacob's field the mistake by the lake whatever they call it nowadays (laughs) Yeah, the Jim Jim Tomey's joint. That's what I call it. I mean, that, uh, but uh, look, what 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 makes me feel good about that and warm inside is listen. Listen, the Mariners have look. We're not counting here. We're not bragging. The Mariners have been to four postseasons, right? Ninety five, ninety seven, two thousand, and two thousand and one. And in those four postseason bursts, we have played Cleveland twice. So half of our playoff uh, years, we've been playing Cleveland. In 1995, they got the better of us. And in 2001, they were our um, opponents before we ended up losing to the Yankees. Yeah, that's when uh, Omar Vizquel was bitching about Lee Arthur Road during, correct? Yeah, he was beefing with him. That was during the regular season on a Saturday. Okay, that's right. I remember watching that, you know, putting my earrings in, you know, with pride and uh, getting ready to go down to Tiki Bob's. That was an afternoon game where he was complaining that the uh, sun was reflecting off of Lee Arthur Road's uh, rock in his earring and it was distracting him at the plate. Yeah, that really ticked off Arthur Rhodes. I remember that. He was not happy. Oh, no. He was going to, yeah, he wanted to slap the shit out of him. But, uh, yeah, we played them in 1995 and we played them in 2001. And, you know, honestly, like right now, if we were to play Cleveland, I, I've only seen one game, but I wouldn't be. I would be more comfortable with playing them on the road than going to, let's say, Toronto or Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're two different teams for sure. Um, Toronto definitely has the firepower with hitting a long ball and some better pitching, I think, even though Cleveland's got some really good pitchers. But they they just make, make contact with the ball and get it in play. They're a good, solid team. They are, and they're and they're well-coached and managed and uh it it is interesting though just thinking about playing them again and they would at that point would be i think tied with the Yankees for as many series uh as series opponents for the Mariners in the postseason so 
it is interesting. I do I do like seeing some of the old teams that we remember because that's we that's all we have is those memories of those. So like the Clevelands, the Yankees, you know, uh is pretty much a lot of what we, we played. I mean, in two of the two of the years, those were the only two teams we played. So Cleveland's been, you know, our, our number two pretty much opponent and and I know none of that matters going into this, but I just, there's just that feeling of home, you know, it was just like a warm cup of soup kind of thinking about that, that being played in, in October two chilly looking towns. Um, it's just got some super, super basic bitch fall baseball vibes to it. Okay. And look, I just want a reason to go out and buy a Mariner's scarf and wear it in public. That's really what it is. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? So no matter what, I know we won two of these three games and we're just feeling down. I think we're just feeling down because we just have that hangover from Oakland, you know, as well. So it was a couple of losses in Oakland. And then that feeling was compounded a little bit by losing Wednesday's game. So making it feel worse, but really this week we're we're up two games to one, and the pitching's been great. The pitching's been there through the wins and the losses. I mean, that's the constant thing. This isn't news. This isn't heartbreaking news right here. Absolutely, and with uh, the game against Cleveland, you know, Marco's been getting a lot of negative vibes from the fans on the message boards and not really uh, pitching up to what he has at times, and, you know, and fans have been frustrated with him giving up the long ball and giving up some runs but today he was on point he was hitting the switching switching, uh, pitches switching speeds and really had them off balance and you know I think when there's a team like Cleveland who hasn't seen Marco it's definitely an advantage you know with him pitching against them because he's such a unique pitcher compared to today's pitcher that throws gas so he was, he was he was on his game, and I think it was a benefit that they haven't seen him yet this year. Yeah, and I feel like it was a benefit to Marco that it was a day game today without as much, you know, uh, hype to a game today. They just kind of, like, snuck this one in, and it was on YouTube, uh, you know, one of your favorites. So, I mean, it was just kind of like the, the game that nobody in Seattle really saw. Um, I I I would assume or heard too much of, but he was he was pretty brilliant. I mean, he started off in the first inning, getting a little bit of trouble, getting slacked around, but we played good defense behind him, and that that's a big part of you know getting these pitchers out of innings when they get themselves in jam, playing the good defense behind them, then they keep their pitch count down, and then they can throw their effective shit. So we saw what Marco can look like with good defense behind him today. And him just keeping the ball, you know, in the ball yard. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when the pitching matchups come out for this whole series and you see Marco starting it off, you're kind of like, oh, okay, here we go, you know. Oh, yeah, and everybody goes crazy on on all the boards and and everything, All 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 the groups. Everybody was going ape shit when Marco gave up the first run in the first inning and he had a little bit of traffic on bases. People were going bananas yeah there just isn't the trust in him and you know some of that is warranted but he's still one of those guys that can get you some wins and get you deep into a game without getting the game too far out of um control with how many runs he gives up i you know i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna sugarcoat i'm not the biggest marco gonzalez fan i'm not out wearing the number seven jersey yeah, I mean, he's gone through a tough stretch here lately, the last month, month and a half. But before that, he was 
you know, as he likes to say, a bulldog out there fighting, pitching hard, giving them some good innings and a chance to win. So that's all you can really ask for from your fifth starter. Yeah, if he was playing on a team that just had a bunch of sluggers, like if he was playing on the Phillies and shit like that, him giving up four or five runs a game would just be fine. But it's a weird match for the Mariners that we struggle to get three or four runs on the board consistently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like what's the magic number for us? Four, if we get four runs, we have a pretty good uh, winning record, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have the numbers right here in, for, in front of me, but like when we score four or five runs, five, and especially if we score five or more runs and we lose a game, I'm really depressed because I'm like, that's the best they can hit, right? That's like, that's, that's a dream. We've got guys from all over the world in our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey, gooey duck. duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. I don't want to devote too much time to this, but again, the bats are not are not happening right now. It's I'm still seeing a lot, a lot of pop-ups. I'm seeing a lot of home run swings and not home runs. I'd love to see a little bit more of older traditional baseball slapping of the ball, uh, keeping the ball on the ground. What do you think? You know, a, a bunts when they're giving you bunts. We saw that with Santana. You're not going to see that all year. It's kind of like a trick play, like a bunt or like a like a fake punt in football. You might see it once or twice a season. Um, yeah, I mean, as we kind of switch from that game today and go back over the first two games of this homestand against Washington, I mean, we've only had six hits, five hits, and then today four hits each game. So we're not ripping the ball, the cover off the ball. And we're only scoring basically with the long ball. We're not putting a, you know, consecutive hits together very often where we can get guys on and make things happen. So we're just this last home stand so far. We've only we won by the long ball and lost by it that you're, in that second game. Yeah, along with really good pitching. And, yeah, and yes, that it's becoming a concern. We haven't seen a manufactured run this week. Yeah, we haven't. Been. Yeah, we have not. We've only seen home runs this week. Going into Friday's game, the Mariners have not manufactured a run all week. We've not seen Manny act a wave anybody around third. We've seen no helmets flying off. I mean, shit. Manny Acta's arm's going to be fucking sore the next time he has to wave somebody in, right, Hannah? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, but it's kind of been the story the whole year and especially earlier on when we weren't um, that successful winning games and losing games every other day. It's it's just the story of the season. We're not able to get uh, the clutch hit when runners in scoring position. Yeah. When is it going to end? When does this when does this misery end? It is misery. I know we're winning games. I know we're probably going to go to the playoffs. Shit, we could probably go deep in the playoffs the way our team pitches. But what happens when a team gets to our pitcher for an inning or two and now the other team has four runs suddenly? You know, that's what's concerning to me. You know, hopefully some other guys start getting hotter, more consistent. It was nice to see even our pal Jesse Winker. He's gotten a couple hits in a game. It's just seems like most of our guys are either not getting a hit during the game or only getting one. And it's kind of sporadic throughout the lineup how that's going to work out. Hanger has been great since he came back. I think he's gotten like 15 out of 17 games has had a hit and he's hitting the long ball well. He just looks like a great hitter up there. And then Suarez has been doing well. You know, hitting the long ball, but we just don't seem like we have that guy getting that gap power. Julio, he looks like he's ready to take off. He whacks the ball, you know, into the gap or 
right at people. So he has been unlucky. And then, like you said, it's just been a bunch of guys popping up the ball, and that's frustrating. It is. And, you know, th- these players are definitely pressing right now. Some of these guys are really – you can see it. You can see it. I know Ty France has had a tough time lately. And in this first game against Cleveland, he had, you know, a tough time, you know, not getting banged up there at first base. He got, what, twice in back-to-back innings. He had some hard contact over there. He had uh, hard contact to the back of his leg on uh, one play, and then the very next inning he got cleated, right? And you saw him when he went to the dugout. He threw his glove. Probably some, definitely probably some pain that needed to get worked on, but it just looked like just all-encompassing, frustrating of just how things have been going since, you know, uh, the start of July for him. Yeah, he's been really struggling, and, you know, he's, the one guy that we need to get going here soon. You know, we're down the last 40, less than 40 games here. And, you know, everybody's feeling is, okay, we got to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and we got to get in a group. So once the playoffs start, we're just on a roll. But it sure doesn't have, look like it's happened here lately. And I know Jerry DePoto said that he feels like the team's kind of just idling right now. And that's a good good definition yeah that is a good analogy of it and i will say about the ty france thing is yeah i feel like today i feel for him like things aren't happening me personally from outside you just look like he just just oh fuck everything kind of feeling and you know what maybe this is his uh rock bottom of the season and you know start getting some small victories and it would be good to get him going and yes Haniger has been the guy when nobody else is doing anything and really contributing and carrying the team and knocking runs in and hitting the ball over the fence. And this is what Ty France was doing earlier this year when nobody else would hit. Uh, but yes, we have rarely got to see two, you know, leaders or table clears as Jerry calls them play and play at a high level at the same time this year. Yeah, I mean, with you mentioning Haniger, what I really liked today and what I'd like to see a little more out of was, you know, they had the shift on against Haniger, and he shot the ball just right into the open field at where the second baseman would be. I mean, I know there's other guys on our team that could probably do that. Let's try to think of some more situational hitting and just worry about getting on to the big power swing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's entertaining. That's not boring baseball. I do really love a good home run and it gets the place going, but there's nothing like a base clear and double when you're just standing out there by yourself and they're playing, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. Move it. I don't know. They probably changed that now. It's probably some Macklemore B-side. But regardless, that base clearing double at home is just a it's a total totally different thing i like it the pitchers backing up home plate it's got to walk back out to the mound usually ask for a new ball pitching coaches coming out maybe a pitching change maybe it was a close play at the plate you got helmets everywhere guys high-fiving each other going into the dugout you know it's a, it's 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 different than the the home run now, in special boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a great action mini poster of Nolan Ryan, Reggie Jackson, or me, Ken Griffey Jr. I'm the good-looking one. Oh, God. Yeah, and another guy that's a little banged up is Haggerty. He hasn't played much. You know, he's just pinch run here lately, and that's where we want him to pinch run. But like today, they pinch ran for him. Um, when uh, Santana got walked, I believe, and then the next batter, I think, was JP, you know, before uh, Hagerty could get a chance to maybe steal or make something happen at the end. Uh, JP grounded into a quick 6-4-3 uh, double play. Yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a tough run for JP, too. And then you got, you know, the guy tweeting that shit out the other day about how we shouldn't be committing to him at shortstop. We're not going to talk about that today. But, yeah, he's been having a tough time. Way too many way too many pop-ups and uh game two uh 
with the final game of that uh, Washington Nationals series, we saw that frustration come out of him. He got himself ejected. If you uh, can go back and watch that game, that microphone was picking a lot of JP's uh, strong opinions about, about that strike three up. Yeah, it was a terrible call, and, you know, he's been scuffling, but it was such a bad call that he had to say something, and he was just, he had it, and let, him, let the umpire have it. I did catch at the end when he was being separated. I think Scott Service got out there a little late. They're walking him back, and he turned around, and he says, No, nah, no, nah, that was horse shit, motherfucker. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Um, I mean, so go back and check that. I don't know if they edit that shit out, but but you, I'm sure you can find it somewhere on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, if Ty France, if we could get some kind of a combination of Ty France and JP Crawford doing things at the plate, I think we'll be in really, really good shape. We just need that clutch hit and a couple guys to get going. Seems like because yeah. that's another table just- setter and a table clearer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as long as we keep winning games, you don't notice that as much. But it's still it's still frustrating to know that these guys can be um, hitting a little better, Yeah, you would hope. And you know what? I think with Hanniger being back, I don't mind if you don't have Ty France at two. I don't mind if he's hitting fourth or he's hitting fifths. I think that's fine. Uh, and especially right now, I do want to see Hanniger get more of the bats, but I also feel like, you know, Hanniger has been here a little bit longer and he's been a leadoff hitter and he's been a two hitter. Like Ty France doing this, the, the two hitter thing is, is new this season. Yes, exactly. But you know, I, I don't care where he hits in the lineup as long as he hits, you know, and the other guys we've, we've spent enough time on this podcast talking about it. Like, you know, they're going to, they're some games are going to be good. Some games are going to be not, but it would be nice to get one other steady guy in there. And like you said, Julio's going to be Julio. Let's not forget. He's a rookie too. So sometimes he's going to have a rookie game and then sometimes he has his superstar games. So yeah, where he has three hits. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Yes, we are depending on him, but outside of Julio, it would be nice just to have two guys uh, that can yeah. really drive drive in the runs and just do it, you know, consistently. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we haven't even talked about Cal Raleigh, how he has improved here. And, you know, he gets a couple hits for the game. It really changes the outlook of the game for the Mariners. I mean, it that goes to say for anybody. But yeah, and, and he's not a guy we're just depending on either. He's that second tier, like, hey, you know what? They do their job, and the other guy I would put in that second tier of like, hey, they're they just do who they are, and that's Suarez, right? Those Absolutely. Are, when I look at the guys going like, hey, I'm depending on you, and I have high expectations. That's the Ty Francis, that's the uh, Mitch Hanegers, and then Julio's kind of like right underneath them in this, like, this is what we expect. Uh, and then there's this next level, which is probably Raleigh and Suarez, right? And then after that, yeah, it's and, a kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Winker. Yeah. And then after that, it's the, you know, the Winker and the Frasers. It's just the, yeah, the, the crapshoot. Yeah, and JP, the crapshoot guys. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! So with September uh, just right around the corner, Jesus, where the fuck did the year go? Um, did I just say that or did I think that? Um, well, here's the thing in September. We're going to get call-ups. Call-ups. If you don't know what call-ups are, Anna, why don't you explain this to the, the casual fucks out there? 
Well, in years past, it used to be just uh, unlimited. It felt like number of minor leaguers that could come and help you out and get time to uh, experience the big leagues from September 1st to the end of the season. But Major League Baseball changed that rule this year, and you only get to add two players. So the roster will go from 26 players, what it is currently now, to 28 up until the end of the year. And if I could have two players on this team, I know teams are like, oh, I'd love to have another pitcher. You always can never have enough pitching. We got enough pitching. We got fucking enough pitching. We got a starter out in the goddamn bullpen. Okay. We the need only hitting. Thing I, I agree. But if we do want to make a decision on a pitcher, we got to remember we got that left-hander Boyd in, at the trade deadline. He's been pitching pretty good out of the bullpen because we don't have a left-hander in the pen right now. So I'm just bringing that up here. I'm not saying he's the guy. I'm not even thought about which reliever could be switched out for him. I'm just throwing that out there. Throwing that out there. Is that some kind of fucking pitching pun? Okay. No, it, that's <laughs> fair. That, that is fair. That that it, That's fair. That's fair. The whole, listen, I love a lefty. Um, but yeah, but okay. So the at least one hitter, right? Of course. But I I really feel like the desperation is with the hitting. There's just not enough, you know, bats. I mean, maybe this is where I don't know who you'd bring up, but do you bring Lewis back up? You know, now that you have an extra guy, it's not so detrimental when you have to make almost like a double switch for him. I don't know if that's the guy. Uh, I've heard shit about Evan White <laughs> and, uh, you know, got a banged up first baseman and we got a first baseman that maybe doesn't need to play every day. That So that was kind of a weird option I saw that got thrown out there that I was like, what? What do you think about that? Well, I, yeah, I saw the same thing about maybe Evan White coming in for France because he's been struggling he's hurt. I know that he's coming off his uh, rehab, like you said, and has only played, I think, like five or six games at first base and then another four games at DH. So he's really just starting to get his legs back. But, you know, who knows? He could be a possibility. Um, and if you and forgot who well, Evan White is, let's explain who Evan White is to the casual fuck. He was the uh, Gold Glove Award winner. Um, what is it going on now? Three years ago or two years ago? 2020. 2020, okay. In the shortened season, right? It was. Um, yeah, him and JP both won gold, gold gloves that year. Yes. So we're talking about a gold glove guy. He's had some bad injuries. But to be fair, he never figured it out at the plate up here. He had a couple of good moments, but he's definitely one of those guys that was hitting 150. Yeah, he struggled with the bat. Um, he got a nice contract for the Mariners, you know, from a guy that hasn't shown that much, but defensively was outstanding. So hopefully, you know, he gets healthy and he's improved on his hitting because uh, that definitely could be some guy to help. I, I'm not sure this year. And then when you said about Kyle Lewis, you know, it's hard to say with him. I don't think he is exactly a no-doubter to come up. I, my thinking as far as a no-doubter that's probably going to come up would be uh, Taylor Trammell. He's been hitting good. He's healthy. And he's that extra outfielder that can, you know, play every yep. – every he'll be a starter or come in. For and he's proven that, at least for this season, that he can hit major league hitting. I mean, sorry, he could hit – he's at least proven so far into, before his injury that – he's adjusted and can hit major league pitching, at least have a competitive at bat and have a good chance. I know he did not look like that the year before, you know, he had, you yeah. know, he had spurts with the pop and stuff like that, but he looks pretty, he looked pretty damn good. Yeah. So, I mean, out of all those guys that we mentioned, that's who it could be. Obviously he is the one. The other one again is the Jared Kelnick, you know, he's, oh. God. gone down he's hitting again but oh, he's probably not the answer but it's hard you just got to throw his name in there because Hannah, out of those five Hannah, guys we said you gotta stop with this um <laughs> no i hear you i hear you i hear you and he can play defense you know that's yeah that's huge but, yeah that's a huge part of 
you know, what we do. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into any negative outfield spots and stuff, uh, on here. So, and, and what do you think about, uh, Abraham Toro? Oh, I almost forgot. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy that was been up here most of the year, got sent down when he's struggling. You know, I could, you know, it, it might be Taylor Trammell and Abraham Toro, you know, he's played so much up here. He's a switch hitter. You can play multiple positions. You might have nailed it. It might be those two guys. Wow. If it is those two, what a difference a year makes where, you know, a year ago right now, Taylor Trammell in the minors, you got a lot to work on. Uh, Kyle Lewis, please, are you coming back? You could be the answer that really puts the Mariners over the top and puts us into the playoffs. And Abraham Toro, wow, we just got a fucking steal from Houston Astros. That's what we were talking about a year ago right now. Oh, I know. And Jared Kelnick was going to be the starting right fielder for your Mariners or left fielder. So, yeah, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. There's a lot of jerseys in the team shop that are not selling right now. Yeah, I'm just thinking the reason I say Toro and uh, Tramiel I'm just trying to think like how the Mariners think their front office, their manager about guys playing multiple positions that can run. And then in Toro's case, that can switch hit. But I believe he hasn't been hitting as well down there. I'm not sure what his average has been, but that's what I read since he got sent down. But it just seems like those two might be the logical players to be called up if I'm trying to think along like the Mariners do. Well, either way, with the injuries and the struggles at the plate, I, I I cannot wait. I cannot wait for two extra bodies on that bench. And and I do hope that it is two offensive players. I understand the need for a left-hander, but I just feel like the, our bullpen is taking care of business right now. If there was a big glaring thing of like, Man, these lefties are wearing out a couple of our right-handers. We got to get a lefty in here. I 100% understand that. When we can't score, you know, consistently over three runs a game, I got to go with two guys. And you know what? It's not like these, I'm expecting a lot out of these guys because all of these three, well, you know, not Tramiel, but everybody outside of, of him have come up here and showed that they've struggled. I don't know if it's anything different to add that's better. Maybe just some, you know, fresh optimism, some fresh legs, some fresh starts, some that could be something that could catch fire and, you know, hitting is contagious. Yeah. I mean, these, whoever they bring up are not going to be the saviors, but hopefully they're just extra bodies that can help you in certain aspects of the game to get you that hit or the defensive substitution. But like I said, they're not the savior, but they can help out. Hey, everybody, gather around. Disco Dan is back in town. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shake it off, settle down. Loosen up, Danny. Shake it off, settle down. Loosen up, Danny. Loosen up. Loosen up. And look, this weekend, we've already played one of the games. We're already 1-0 in this series. Be nice to get two of these next three. You know, game one, we got a... Or game two, I should say. Here, God, this whole Thursday game has really fucked me up. This is like changing time zones or, or daylight savings. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we like to stay with the series. Yeah. So... Game two, the Friday night game, we got Logan and Bieber. That's going to be a really good matchup. But then it's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, we got Castillo going back out there, and we also have uh, Robbie Ray finishing up the series. But you know what? Cleveland pitches well, too. Yeah, like you said, Bieber. Um, I think Plesak's a decent arm for them. Oh, that's so. the guy I think we could get into, maybe. 
Yeah, he's had the, a rougher of the years, but I think uh, he um, had a good year last year. Obviously, he hasn't continued with it in on this year. Right, so, you know, we'll be back. Well, we're recording possibly in Seattle this Sunday. Location TBD. Check out our social media to figure that out. Again, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, or if you have any questions, hit us up at rye, bread, and mustard podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you're hearing this and being like, whoa, is he just wrapping up the show right now? That is what I'm doing. We're recording this late. It's almost midnight, so I guess it's, well, it's 11.15 p.m. PST. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, it's 11, it's, it's getting close to midnight, so we're, we're, we're wrapping this up. And, uh, you know, this is episode 34, 35, we'll be out Monday morning, we'll be recording that, like I was saying, somewhere on lo- in location in Seattle. Uh, location TBD. Check out those socials. Like I said, I've said this twice now, so you will remember. Anyways, uh, also if you uh, think, hey, I can do a podcast. I just look if Myron can do a podcast with with Hannah and Edmonds. Anything is possible. Uh, you know, make sure to check out the show notes. Scroll down. Read what this episode was about. If you've listened to it this whole time, been like, what the fuck just happened? Scroll down, and there's a link right there that'll take you to Buzzsprout and get you all set up. It's really easy, very uh, user-friendly. Also, there is a $20 Amazon gift card. Let me tell you this right now. That's not the fucking deal I got when I signed up. So go ahead, again, scroll through the show notes. Find that link. Get yourself started. Get your message out to the world. Start it right here at Buzzsprout. And again, this is episode 34. So from Hanno and Edmonds to me to you, I just want to say go Mariners. And hope to see you guys down at the ball yard. Why do I call it that today? Like I'm, I don't know. I must be watching too many like 19, uh, 30s and 40s biopics right now or something. I just keep going down at the ball yard. Uh, we'll be down there at T-Mobile Park. Uh, big Ichiro weekend. We've not talked about Ichiro. We've had just so many, too many pressing matters. We'll do a big Ichiro retrospect hopefully this Sunday. Um, hope to see you guys all down there. Hanno, you know what time it is. Charge. I should make that my like morning alarm ringtone. <laughs>